Hi, Gary Stone from Sharewell Systems here. Sure, you may be trading stocks, ETFs, CFDs, futures, or even cryptos and FX, but how do you invest the money that really counts, including your retirement savings? Do you do it yourself, or do you feel you lack the strategies and confidence and have instead entrusted your retirement to a managed fund or financial advisor, or to somebody else to grow and protect your biggest investment? Go to sharewellsystems.com and download a case study that dissects a real money portfolio, which has achieved a return of double the ASX 200 accumulation index since January 2016. Sharewell Systems is proudly powering the spotty Your Call Hour right here on Ticker. Well, hello and welcome to Spotty, streaming to you live for another week from Melbourne Town here from the Ticker News Studios in glamorous Richmond, where we shine a spotlight on your shares and answer your questions live on air. So how do you get to ask them? You can text us. Text us waiting to take your text message 0480-079-089, or you can email us question at spotty.com.au. That's question without the S, folks. I know that sometimes trips a few of you up. You'll see these details appear at the bottom of the screen throughout the show, of course, as a gentle reminder, but uh, put it into your smartphone because it just makes it much easier to ask that question when you need to. Of course, our thoughts, well, basically everyone's here in the studio down here in Melbourne, uh, goes out to those affected by the terrible floods over the weekend. We hope you'll be able to get back on your feet soon, everybody. Uh, never fun, unfortunately, but just the, the great dichotomy, which is this wonderful country of ours. So let's bring in today's Chief Spotters, starting with someone who, well, you know, I know he stayed dry over the weekend because he's currently in Adelaide. It's John Athanasiou from Redley Securities. G'day, John. How are you doing? Hi, mate. Hi, everyone. Or hi, viewers. How's here is everyone? Oh, mate, we're even better now that you turned up. But look, before we... Um, uh, get into the stock discussion, the really interesting stuff. John, you're a relatively new addition to the Spotty family, so some of you may not be um, familiar with yourself and the great business that you've built at Red Leaf Securities. So why don't you tell us a bit about your investing background and then, yeah, the great business that you have built. So Red Leaf Securities is a boutique brokerage firm started in 2014. We specialise in microcap stocks and corporate deals. We have a client base of high net worth individuals and small cap fund managers. So our bread and butter is essentially trying to find stocks that no one really researches, because that's where we believe we could find the next 10 bagger or one bag will do. But yeah, so that's what we do. <laughs> There's not much value that we could add in talking about your BHP. Everyone knows about BHP. So we'll rather find you the next big thing, the next afterpay. Well, if you can make it this episode, that'll obviously help with ratings, uh, if you don't mind, John. But yeah, redleafsecurities.com is the website you can go to to learn more about the services that John offers his investors. Now, next, looking after the charts, and you would have noticed I'm not wearing my jacket because I've had to roll my sleeves up. Yep, I'm back on the tools. Um, I utilize charts in my investing. I've started, I've studied, sorry, the subject extensively. I've built a technical analysis tool in my past life, and I educate my clients on the topic as well at spotty.com.au that you can go and see. So I'll be riding the waves uh, with John looking after the fundamentals and more importantly, answering your questions live on air. So send them through right now. Those details appearing at the bottom of the screen in a moment, I am sure. All right, uh, currently as we go to air, the market, well, uh, relatively okay. Uh, just having a look here, the uh, XJO, oh, down a little bit actually, a little bit down on what I uh, 
saw a little earlier, but that's okay. That's just all part of the uh, hidden giggle of share investing. Uh, the old ordinaries, uh, very similar level as well. Actually, that number's not right. There we go. I'm pretty sure we're in positive territory, actually. So I might get the uh, little hamsters pedaling under the desk here to see if they can fix those numbers up. <laughs> Let's look at the market news, though, folks. Well, it was uh, the big wet over the weekend, as I said. And uh, once again, just to reaffirm that our hearts and uh, prayers go out to all those affected at this time. But from an investment perspective, um, we've you know basically had IAG come out and say that it is a little too early yet to tell us the full impact of uh, what will occur because it's still too dangerous on the ground to go out and see. Just having a look here, Suncorp's yet to say anything as well, but no doubt uh, that will be coming in the not too distant future. And then there's other businesses uh, on the periphery that may be impacted too, like Costa Group, who's got avocados in the region uh, and a few others as well. Obviously, such cataclysmic events, Johns, are tough. Um, you know, it's uh, from an investment perspective, uh, I know it seems a bit cold and callous, but, you know, the stocks are trading today. If I have a look here, uh, Suncorp down, all reasonable, about 1.1%. Um, IAG down a little bit further, down 2.26%. Um, and Costa Group uh, holding its own at $4.50. Risk-reward relationship. That's what we manage every single day when it comes to investing. John, what sort of advice could you give to those that may be exposed through their share exposure um, to a stock uh, impacted in the region? Well, you know, we live in Australia. We have to bear in mind we've got extreme weather events. Like, you know, a few years ago, it was a fires. Now it's a flood. So investing when you're investing in an insurance company, you really got to take that into account. You're probably better off, and I know this sounds a bit cold, to wait till the event occurs before you put funds in prior to the event. Mm. So there will be some upside, but at this stage, I'd rather wait and see how big the damage is, and we'll have to wait till the insurance companies point, point that out. So I've never been that big on insurance companies. I typically invest in them as a trade, not as a long-term investment because of these events. Yeah, that makes uh, makes sense. Um, just for the record, just to be uh, fully transparent, I actually sold, I bought Suncorp for a small loss. I ended up selling today because I'm just not sure what would happen um, on the back of this. Uh, and Costa Group, who I've made a nice profit on, I've also sold. Um, in the back, I'll just wait. And if it works out to be okay and everything's fine and the chart looks good, then I'll uh, possibly get back in. Uh, the other big news story, uh, John, uh, of course, I know it's been hard for you because you're currently at your cousin's restaurant there in Adelaide. Actually, what's the name of yeah. the restaurant? Let's give it a plug. I'll, I'll give him a plug. It's, it's George's on Weymouth. It's the uh, best restaurant in Adelaide. Come in. They're open on Tuesdays to Saturdays. And he was very polite to open these doors for me. I needed a quiet <laughs> spot in Adelaide. And, uh, yeah, it's a great place to, um, you know, have a steak, have a snapper, linguine, the great wine list. So yeah, definitely come in when you're in, uh, when you're in Adelaide. Yeah, best uh, best restaurant uh, this uh, the east side of the Torrens, they tell me. So uh, by all means, feel free to uh, go and along. They actually got voted the best place to do deals in Adelaide by the Australian newspaper a few weeks ago. So excellent, just the type of place you want to be. Makes and, sense uh, that we're here. Yeah, given South Australia's background and the old digging things out of the ground, I tell you what, you want to make sure you haven't got your earpods in there. Uh, okay, let's go to topic number two, though. Very different and totally unrelated to deals being done. Crown Resorts, um, who's confirmed that they've received an $8 billion takeover from US private equity firm Blackstone. The bid is for an indicative price of around $11.85 a share and is subject to a number of conditions, including due diligence, arranging debt finance, 
the Crown Board approving it because they haven't done so yet, and the condition that Blackstone receive all the regulatory confirmation that they need that they are a suitable person to continue to own and operate a casino in Sydney, Melbourne and Perth. Okay, John, now, look, I don't know about you, but I chuckled at the irony of uh, a private equity firm possibly running a casino and somehow them being appropriate to uh, uh, run one versus uh, a company with a board. But anyway, I'm going to leave that one alone for another day. I'll leave that for the Twitter sphere. Crown, much more. I think they both have the same ethics. No, well, possibly so. I mean, you know, the better the devil you know. Uh, but it, it is one that's been a challenge for quite a while uh, for many investors. Some have been looking for an elegant exit because we know the VIP China stuff, all that sort of thing has been weighing down on sentiment. It is now it? Should investors consider taking the money and running or is it worth hanging around at these price levels? Today's the perfect day to say goodbye. Okay. Um, if you're a Crown shareholder, you've been uh, given a perfect exit. There are so many terms and conditions on this deal <laughs> that you cannot bank on it. You really can't bank on it. And then you've got every state government reviewing their licenses now. They might lose their WA one, might lose their Victoria one. Um, yeah, it's just too difficult. So you got really lucky today and it's time to get out, in my opinion. All right, then. And yeah, Blackstone, Blackstone already has a 10% interest in the business, of course. Their interest is probably more in the property portfolio and they'll take the other stuff too. But yeah, I think this is going to be a tough one to get over the line. Our last topic, buy now, pay later firm OpenPay says it's going to launch in the US and the UK healthcare markets via a partnership with the veterinarian's uh, uh, software platform, EasyVet. Yeah, I thought it was a bit of a stretch too. Uh, OpenPay yeah. has an agreement here in Australia with EasyVet. So it's a natural extension there and it does build on their global expansion plans, which are obviously now afoot. Uh, speaking of afoot, it's time for us to answer your questions. So you can send them through right now. The details appear at the bottom of the screen. A reminder, of course, that all the information in today's show, including our response to questions, are of a general nature only. None of them take into account your objectives, financial situations or needs, and therefore, should you decide to act on any of it, you need to do so in light of your own personal circumstances. Of course, past performance is no indicator of future performance. And if you wish to discuss any of this content with anyone other than your significant other in life, then you need to do so with an advisor that's licensed to do so. So, uh, and remember, uh, we do hold interest in stocks, both John and I, and we will try to remember to disclose that if we talk about a stock that we do have an interest in. But of course, in the cut and thrust of stock discussion, sometimes we forget. So feel free to contact uh, either of us directly, um, either John at redleafsecurities.com or myself in order to get any clarification should you require it. Though uh, I think you can be pretty certain that neither John nor I hold crown. Um, Spotty's proud, of course, to be powered by our great sponsors at ShareWealth Systems. So go to sharewealthsystems.com to learn how they've helped Australian investors outperform over the long run by giving them an edge over others. So why don't you become the tortoise and win the race of investing life? Go to sharewealthsystems.com to learn more. All right, then, John, time for us uh, to go into questions. Remember, question at spotty.com.au or text us 0480-079-089. I want to go with one of the larger ones, if I can, please. I want to start with Medibank Private. The question comes from Anthony. He is uh, interested in the business. Sort of really hasn't done all that much. So I suppose the next catalyst or the question I'd like to ask you, John, is what could be the next growth spurt um, in a good sense? that could lift this business out of the, you know, the sideways range? Because let's face it, you know, other, it's nothing more than a trading stock at the minute, I'd suggest. Well, it is a trading stock at this, um, at this point in time, but I think there's a lot of 
banked up claims to be coming ahead. A lot of people have put off surgery. Mm-hmm. So that'll probably benefit Medibank Private as our more claims go through, our more people go because they were put off because of COVID, not going to the doctors. So from that perspective, I think that could be a real catalyst. Um, margins still, will still be tight, but overall, I think um, the real catalyst right there is, you know, um, all the people going to getting surgery now, which will be a benefit to Medibank Private. Yeah, I mean, look, obviously, you know, the- when you look at their opposition like NIB, you know, they seem to be relatively holding well. Obviously, during COVID, everyone took their foot off the pedal with regards to getting plans because they didn't need them. We weren't getting sick because yeah. we all wore um, face masks. And Mask, obviously, the yeah. market, yeah, and the market's hoping for some sort of um, turnaround there. From a chart perspective, look, it, it's been pretty much going sideways for an exceptionally long time, Anthony. You know, you wouldn't want to wake me up until at least crosses $2.97. And where I'd start to get excited is when across the January highs of around $3.10. Otherwise, it looks pretty much range bound, which might mean you want to trade the channels um, by if, you know, you've got a significant size of funds where you want something big, liquid, and that you can get in and make a lot of money off a few bips. But otherwise, it's a challenge. Where I'd be a little cautious is if it broke below $2.73-ish, um, I'd want to be very aware because then I'd say the next target would be $2.40 odd um, because then the channel would be broken. No one would have really any um, desire to want to be in there. Even though the AHN business, the subsidiary side of it has done quite well, that I, I think it would be just too um, hard a uh, bridge to cross. Um, another one that Anthony asked about, and I will stick to the uh, larger caps, uh, was actually CSR, John, uh, the building materials company, which has seen a bit of a renaissance on the back of the return to love for the construction industry, not just here in Australia, but overseas as well. Um, your thoughts on CSR and I suppose the broader sector as a whole, and why not throw in a comment about the property market? Because everyone's got a view, of course. Oh, everyone's got a view of the property market, <laughs> um, which is obviously a benefit to CSR. The more people talk about the property market, the better it is for CSR. I think that conversation will continue. What I'm concerned about the property market is there's a lot of would-be home buyers out there that are just getting priced out of the market. So mm. that'll make life more difficult for your CSRs, you know, with their building materials and so forth. So at this stage, I'd probably be reducing my exposure to CSR. I wouldn't be completely out of it because, you know, for those that are out of the property market, and this is a quasi way of getting in, you typically lose out. So I would be holding a little bit, but it's reducing my exposure because I think the property market will lose a little bit of steam from here. Yeah, look, it's hard to see it continue to ride, but the market can remain irrational longer than we can remain solvent. And I think that's something important to note because the chart looks really good with regards to um, CSR at the moment. It did try to break through $5.83 a couple of times. It's going, or oh, looks like it's preparing itself for another crack at it. That'll be the next key level to watch on the upside, Anthony, which is the larger probability at the moment looking at the chart. It's been a steady rise, which has also been a positive for the business. It's not been one of those... Um, you know, um, spike and stop type patterns. It's been slowly and steady, which means that you get a little bit of breadth and depth in regards to a support level, which would probably sit at around 10% from here, which is around the $5 um, level at this stage. So it, the chart's looking bullish, but me not having an investment in the property market other than the house I live in because we're sick and tired of moving homes and I'm going to die where I live. So um, that's a little bit of a headline there for the missus if she's watching. G'day, darling. Um, but... Uh, uh, with regards to anything else, it, look, it, it's obviously going to be beholden to the market. But there's positive momentum pushing this, and therefore there's an argument 
on the bullish side. A little company, Adrian asked about uh, John. Uh, Elixir is the co uh, company's name. The code is EXR for those playing along at home. Um, interesting little company right next door to uh, China in the gas and oil space. Um, do you know much about it? Listen, I'm not completely on top of it, but you know, the sh I have looked at the chart and it's what a phenomenal performance. To me, it seems like the market has got over exuberant with this stock because it's potential opportunity to supply the Chinese market. Now, you know, you're dealing with Mongolia and China, which probably not the two best jurisdictions in the world. So from my perspective, I would be steering clear from this company. Um, you're really banking on them having better dr um, drilling results going forward. But at these levels, it's probably time to take profit, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, John, if you ever want a marketing manager, can I recommend Neil Alexander, who's the CEO of uh, EXR? I mean, we're talking about a company here with a $280 million market cap. In a year, it's gone from $0.02 cents, um, to, you know, <laughs> $0.33.5 cents currently as we go to air. I mean, the result, it first jump, there was their Nomgon uh, uh, drilling results were actually uh, quite solid and they've had a number of resource upgrades and usually that's accompanied by a 20 or 30% price rise. Their latest update to market was so positive. Seriously, you know, you have to rub your eyes. It is pretty exciting if they execute, but yes, they're playing off this idea that they're right next door to China and that they'll be able to get the gas in there relatively simply um, without uh, too many environmental issues or concerns or delays in regards to that. So if you're going to play this space, in my view, I think you're going to have to keep your stop losses tight. If you've held them up for this rise, you know, good luck to you. Well done. But um, you'd be wanting to play with someone else's money now, I dare suggest, and take some profits off the table. Another company, Marquee Resources, which has one of those Mount Fuji patterns, John, where it goes up and then it sort yeah. of comes back down again. Um, your view in regards to uh, this one here, a, a shell which is basically looking for everything and anything and hoping to find something. Um, any updates in regards to that business there? Well, I, I had a look at their recent announcements and to be quite frank, it doesn't look very compelling investment. I mean, they're sitting around, they're deciding if they're going to invest in um, a North American lithium project or a gold project in WA. So at the end of the day, they're using shareholders' money to determine their capital allocation decisions. And, you know, by the time you make a decision, that costs even more money. So you don't want your shareholders' money to run out in the interim. So hopefully the um, board of um, Macquarie Resources can, or sorry, Marquee Resources, Marquee, yeah. can quickly make a decision um, before they waste um, shareholders' capital. So. Yeah, I wouldn't invest until they made their intentions clear to the marketplace right now. Yeah, no, look, I mean, obviously, uh, they're now jumping on the rare earth theme. They've raised 750000 in order to do that because the gold mine they were, or the gold that they were looking for has come up as a bit of a duster. And actually, I think its share price has been treated quite fairly given that they announced the results of the capital raising on the same day and actually in the same document as saying that they didn't find any gold. I dare suggest the sophisticated investors knew that before it hit the market. But who am I to uh, cover off on ASX disclosure laws? Uh, quick questions come through from Joseph uh, for you, John. Uh, VMX is the uh, company code. Velmec Limited is the uh, company in question. It provides a range of different engineering services and the like um, to the gas and oil industry. Um, we're talking about a company that he's well in the green in, he says. We can't take that into account, Joseph. 
But he was wondering whether mm -hmm. you were aware of it, John, and um, whether uh, it was uh, something that you would be uh, uh, particularly uh, keen in, given that it has kicked off as much as it has. Uh, a note of caution, though, to everyone. Please be very attentive to this. It trades $13,000 a day. So it doesn't have much liquidity. So it doesn't take much to uh, spike on the way up and just as equally on the way down too. So John, are you familiar with the, this little uh, unknown business? I'm not on top of VMX. I have to do a bit more homework before I um, okay. you know, provide you know decent commentary on it. However, what I will say is what the point that you picked up on is the lack of liquidity. So I wouldn't be in a rush to pick a bucket full of uh, VMX shares right now until they've got to improve their liquidity at this stage. So, but, you know, feel free to contact us at Redleaf Securities and I'll do my homework on it. Excellent. I mean, look, from a charting perspective, very difficult to do on such liquid volumes as well. Those guys, which are the, you know, the hidden hopes, if they succeed, great. If they don't, you've got to sort of keep swinging. Um, really, charts aren't all that effective here when analysing these businesses. One that is part of your stable was asked by someone who obviously um, watches your little vlogs that you have on your website Lots. there. It's at yes. redleafsecurities.com. Uh, the question comes from Grant and wants to whether you could update uh, us on your thoughts on Calendar Power. The code is KPO for those playing along at home um, because you do these little vlogs on your website, don't you, where you bring in company CEOs and you talk to them about their business. Yeah, we do love doing our vlogs. We try to do one once a week and uh, get companies that we like or get our market commentary from, you know, your Julia Lees of the world. Um, and one company we picked was Kalina Power. The reason why we picked Kalina Power because we think it is the most exciting clean energy stock um, on the ASX. It's a junior. They've got operations in Canada. Now, they're going to have a big month in July where they could receive reimbursements for their technology. So we're waiting for that event, uh, which would re-rate the company. So they've got technology that essentially cleans, that gets waste um, energy and turns it into clean power. So keep an eye out. Their next competitor is a, U a US-based company that has a market capitalization of, well, six billion the last time I checked. They've got 300 global patents worldwide, and it's a leader in waste heat to power technology. So definitely keep an eye out. And July's a very big month uh, for them. I'll be holding them on till then to see what happens. So it's been a big winner for Redleaf. Yeah, and, and obviously that's around the time of their quarterlies. Uh, John, just from a chart yeah. perspective, they found a lot of support just above the four cent mark. So that's a pretty solid level, and they bounced quite aggressively off that. They're definitely not what you would say would be an uptrend at the moment, but I think support at that level will be key for them moving forward. On the upside, well, you can write your own ticket. If they do what John says they're going to do, and we know that this space is pretty hot at the moment, it could easily go, um, yeah, great guns here and make multi-bags, um, which is, of course, what John tries to identify when he looks at these nano caps for possible investment opportunities. Um, look, a quick question before we hit the halfway mark, uh, John. Um, I was just trying to hear, Sagi asked the question, one of our great supporters of the program. Um, it, it obviously relates to the fact that, it, you know, let's face it, one of the most stressful time for share investors is actually when they're making money. I don't know about you, but seriously, the more money they make on the market, the more stress they get, because inevitably it means that it's likely that the party's gonna end soon. Sagi's a little worried about what's occurring in the US at the moment, possibly due for a pullback in the not too distant future and was wanting to know 
what words of advice you could give to someone worried about the current state of play from that macro level, be it either valuations, be it either COVID-related, be it either whatever actor decides to take the role of the plot that keeps playing over and over again. I think you know my view on this one, Sagi. But uh, in regards to you, John, what sage words of advice would you give someone if they were worried about the current state of play? Well, number one, it's a good problem being in the green. So I'll start off with that. Number two, if you are concerned, just you know, increase your exposure to cash. Um, there is a chance there will be a market pullback because the market's run very hard. We've seen a minor pullback, I would say, over the past few weeks. Um, you know, with the movement in the bond markets, which is frightened off the equity market. So overall, I would say reduce your exposure in cash if you're a little bit scared, but do not take all your money off the table because you will miss out. Overall, equities have a tendency to rally as driven by investors that invested in the market back in March when the world was going to end. Yeah, and inevitably the problem is, Sagi, that then they take it out and they don't put it back in, um, which is aside from the technical analyst perspective that you have to really get over that you sell a stock, but it doesn't mean you cut that relationship forever. It's purely a money management issue. So selling the stock is just like taking insurance uh, rather apt at the moment, whereby you're just protecting yourself from a rather big downward event. Now, if you don't get to claim on your insurance, oh, well, so what? I mean, I don't rush home and go, geez, Dale, it's a shame you didn't get to claim on my life insurance today because you're going to be a millionaire when I die. I mean, that's not the sort of thing you want. You just take it as assurance in case something happens. But you've got to be prepared to get back in and to get back in relatively quickly. And the only way you'll do that is, yeah, have a well-structured investment plan that gives you the triggers to do it. Either that or someone with the intelligence of a young John to assist you on that journey. Well, folks, we're about halfway in now. So just a reminder, you can go to spotty.com.au to watch all the past replays of the show, um, including you can go to your favourite podcast channel in order to uh, uh, listen to a podcast recording. So remember, it's about an hour or two behind. Further to that, um, if you uh, listen on Apple, um, that can sometimes be 24 hours behind because they have this little approval process that they go through. And yes, follow us on social media to keep abreast of what we're doing. And remember to take some time to download the Share Wealth Systems white paper titled 16 Traits of Successful Investing. Uh, the website's 16traits.com and learn the qualities required to be a successful investor as authored by Gary Stone, um, who we had on the show uh, last week. Now, one of the traits he talks about is about embracing risks and that has its rewards and say this is for you too. Because let's face it, you're not going to win watching from the sidelines. You've got to take a risk and get in amongst it. But being stupid isn't going to help you um, because basically you're going to get run over like a Mack truck. What you need to do is manage the risk and actually harness it to your advantage by using the services of someone like Share Wealth Systems. So download the ebook. Go to 16traits, that's 16traits.com and start playing today uh, because it is a lot of fun. Trust me, even on the bad days, you can still find something to talk about. Um, the market currently at the moment, uh, giving a little back from this morning's open. So the all ordinaries are still up 0.25%, the XJO up 0.36%. So it looks like it's a big cap day, uh, John, unfortunately, but nonetheless, that's okay. I'm sure there'll be plenty of the smaller guys to keep us interested. One of the companies that's become small, unfortunately, <laughs> that's not the sort of word you want to hear, um, is in regards to service stream. Uh, the question comes from Sean, um, and he says, uh, Service Stream looks like they're in a world of pain. Thoughts on the company, please. SSM is the company's uh, code for those of you playing along at home. Uh, take us through what's happened there, John. 
Well, unfortunately, with SSM, the pain will probably continue. They're in the world of pain. I don't see the um, that recovering anytime soon. They're in a very difficult market where their margins are eradicating and they're also taking their market share. And I just don't see how that will turn around anytime soon. So, you know, I'm trying to see the light here, but I can't. You know, NBN's a very competitive space and market share has been taken away from. So how do they recover? Um, it'll take a while. So I'd be waiting until there's a few positively quarterly results before I'll even contemplate investing in this company. I mean, when you see big gaps down like that from a charting perspective, you're just not interested for months, right? You need this thing to play yeah. out and to get a bit of uh, support and solid uh, behaviour and then hopefully some positive news flow, if I can lean on my fundamental uh, basis there for a moment, in order to convince you that this is nothing but just a bit trade at this point in time. But, you know, John, here's another little bit of education because let's face it, I mean, you often get a few shells brought to you and your desk there and they're no doubt selling the story of either a turnaround or a new story. How can investors try to filter through the noise to give them a bit of a leg up in regards to, yeah, this is as bad as it can possibly get, but now things, you know, surely are going to be heading up from here. What are the sort of little things you're looking for from an investment perspective? Well, number one, I'd like to see management experience. I want to know that they've done it before. I want to know that they've turned something around before. And if they haven't, why do I believe that they will this time around? And then if I'm not that convinced, I won't invest and I'll sit back, keep an eye on it and see if they've got any results that will change my mind. I'm very skeptical in the in turnaround stories because usually um, it doesn't really happen. Um, so number one thing is look at management and then if you don't really trust the management, let the management win your trust by seeing the results in back and waiting. Mm. So that'll be my advice on that part. Yeah, and really that's pretty much all you can hope for at that bottom end of the uh, the market where, yeah, sometimes it can be a little bit risky and you put a lot of backing on the jockey riding the horse. A uh, quick question from Craig. Craig, you've asked about Astron, code ATR. Um, I just want to quickly cover off on this because it's a stock we talked about very recently. Um, can't remember if it was you that asked the question, but you talk about the fact that the, the half-year report was very good, profit to 5.6 million, uh, up some 109%, looks great. As I said in my response to that the other week, Zircon, yes, it's in demand, Chinese basically consumer all the time, um, you know, out in the uh, Western area here in Victoria. Uh, it's a big uh, SANS project that they've got. It's a great quality business, but the problem is three shareholders own close to 90% of the business, and that's the, the risk you face. So notwithstanding that it's found a little bit of support recently, you've got to be careful that the rug's not pulled out from under you in regards to a play like this. Well and truly down from its all-time highs, but it has had capital restructures. It's been quite a messy um, background leading from where it uh, was to where it is today. You get absolutely no dispute from me in regards to the quality of the returns, quality of the company and what it does. But, you know, I just don't know whether, um, you know, whether you want to be in something so tightly, tell, uh, tightly held uh, because, yeah, it can easily change on the other side if it goes sour. It's just a risk-reward thing, Craig, and um, that, that's how I look at it. It doesn't mean it can't keep going up, though, but it's about money management in my view, and it also depends on how much you've got exposed to the business too. Um, look, a quick question from Tessa actually for you, uh, John, would like to hear an updated view in regards to what cannabis stocks you actually um, like at the moment, or at least have 
um, within your stable if you've got um, any there. Um, just come through right now from Tessa. So uh, uh, apologies if it's caught you on the hop, but um, do you have any uh, cannabis stocks that you like? Well, the old THC, which has recently changed its name to Epsilon Healthcare. So the new tech is EPN. Now, we've been a big backer of this company. Um, we actually helped IPO it. Now, unfortunately, they've had out of quite a few board issues and they're in the process of finding a new CEO. Putting that aside, that puts a lot of um, upside potential in there because I've got faith in the interim CEO, uh, Jared, um, Jared White, in finding a new CEO. Um, Jared White is a very capable guy. He's a good friend of mine. And on top of that, um, they've actually owned a plant in up in the Gold Coast that's worth circa 20-odd million has been valued at. Um, and the market cap is close to that point at this stage. So the only t um, company on the AS cannabis company that actually owns a hard asset and essentially they've got the ability to be a gold mill of the cannabis sector. So essentially people send in their, their weed and they um, turn it into products. So from my perspective, I think it's by far the most undervalued cannabis company on the ASX. I understand why it's undervalued, but I think the market's punished it way too much. So the ticker for that one, it used to be THC, now it's EPN for those watching at home. Okay, excellent. Thank you very much. And keep the uh, little scenes to me, mate. It's my show, so don't you uh, uh, jump in there. Look, for what it's worth, there's an, a stock that I've written about for a recent AFR article, and that was tongue-in-cheek, John, just in case. Please don't don't hurt your feelings, because <laughs> if I lose you, I'll die. I'm, I'm very uh, sensitive. Attaboy. <laughs> mate, don't worry. You don't end up in this caper for as long as we have by having uh, weak shoulders, exactly do you? sensitive. Uh, yeah. uh, okay, so uh, it connects, um, which is IHL for those again playing along at home, just to take that rebranding back. Um, the uh, interesting little business using um, cannabis to try to, or cannabinoids to uh, sort of reduce swelling. Um, yeah, I used it because it's a, I wrote an article on brain injury with the start of the NRL and AFL seasons and how topical that is with CT and the like. And AHL have a candidate at the moment that they're running through Monash and the like. Um, to try to see because they've had in vitro trials on rats and it looks like that it can or can assist with regards to reducing cranium swelling um, on the brain when that first injury happens because of course the important thing to note is that a lot of the lasting damage which is caused through traumatic brain injury is not at the actual event itself, it's subsequent to that. So after the initial collision and therefore possibly taking this um, via a spray up the, up the nose, of course, up the old noggin, provided that's not broken, um, is a, uh, a way to possibly help reduce uh, swelling. Long time to play out there in that regard. It's found some life on the back of some solid results that they've uh, come on the back with regards to their anti-swelling agent on some of the other treatments that they're looking at. And maybe that's one to um, uh, have a, a bit of a look at, but I won't go necessarily as being uh, too aggressive from that. Uh, John, one I asked you out of the uh, out of the show hours, so I might as well claim it as a stock to ask during hours, um, is uh, Jaxter, JXT. It's a stock that you brought to our attention um, last time you were on um, as one of the stocks to see the light on. Um, they've recently engaged in the capital raising. So perhaps those that um, listen to you there on that regard would be interested uh, to hear your view on that update and uh, whether anything's changed on the back of that. I'm still very bullish on Jax. I think the company's got plenty of upside. I was fortunate enough to actually go visit their um, their offices in um, Ox off Oxford Street, Darlinghurst, a few weeks ago, and you just got a good vibe of 
the team. Very young, ambitious. Now, I think it's got a great vibe. Now, moving on to the actual capital raising. The capital raising was done at 7.9 cents, um, done by Peloton, uh, and it looks like they've managed it very well. I mean, it's trading at 8.5 now. The capital raising is very significant because it'll allow the company to use that as use it as working capital, employ more salespeople. Um, you know, the technology's there. They're in the process of winning more APIs, which is more revenue. And we see this company easily getting to 20, um, close to 20 cents over the next few months or so. So onwards and upwards, and we see many more contract wins for um, Jackstar. All right then, so positive disposition on the back of JXT. Um, yep, for those looking for that update there. Uh, look, it's time for us to uh, see the light, uh, of course, which is brought to you by our great friends at Macro Capital. That's M-A-Q-R-O.com.au. And they provide a range of share market-related services, including research, execution, and advice. So by all means, feel free to go to the website in order to learn more about the services that they provide. All right then, John, time for you to step up to the plate and tell us about two stocks that we're going to sit there and listen attentively to. Then we're going to toddle off and do our own research and see whether the stocks align with our own personal objectives and tolerance to risk. So what two companies do you want to help us see the light on today? I'll start off with IOU Payment Limited. The ASX code is IOU. Mm -hmm. And hopefully it goes up to the point where you guys actually owe me for uh, giving you this advice to pick some stock up. Now, <laughs> IOU is another buy now, pay later company. Now, the, the fundamental difference between them and their peers is they've targeted the Southeast Asia market, particularly Malaysia and India. They've already got 200 um, signed contracts in Malaysia and they're working on the banking sector in Indonesia. So the reason why I like it is there's no other listed Australian ASX company that's targeting that particular region in the buy now, pay later space. So I'd be, um, you know, putting a few, a little bit of coin into that one and mm -hmm. see its potential upside. It did relist at 50 cents. It's hovering around there, hit a high of 66 cents. I do seeing it jump there on the back of good news. So keep your eye on IOU. So that's my first one. Um, my next one is um, EVE Investments, ASX code EVE Limited. Now that's trading between um, 0.6 and 0.7. They're essentially selling honey um, into China. The market hasn't really appreciated um, the revenues that they're generating, but the penny will drop. And I see um, it, you know, potentially doubling in value over the next few years as the market appreciates. Um, the amount of revenue and the inways have come, come into the Chinese market. So keep an eye out in on IOU and EVE investments. Okay, so EVE and IOU are the two stocks that John helped us see the light on. For myself and purely from a charting perspective, because that's the role I'm fulfilling here today, the first stock I want to talk about is a big guy. It's ALQ, that's ALS Services, the science lab testing business, who recently bought Investiga in the US and also gave a solid update at the time. So what is there to like about it from the chart? Well, there's a few things. One, it had a pretty strong run up over the last year, um, still well and truly above where um, it was uh, at the March lows. Uh, let's just uh, call them that last uh, last time around. The price did have a bit of a pullback from its all-time high level, just having a look here at what that was. That was close, or not 
all-time high, recent high, of around $11.80, $0.70. But the pullback was actually right to the 200-day moving average, which was $9.37. Since then, the price has bounced and found some support, currently at $10.03, up around 50-odd percent today. Um, the question becomes, of course, what, what are the key levels from here? Well, basically, if it can hold $9.20, which is a key level that it last uh, sort of saw, uh, just it's bounced off it a couple times, actually, quite uh, recently over the last year. There was also that similar level to where that 200-day moving average was. So if it can hold that, then in my view, the target could be an all-time high of $13. And if it breaks that, then anything can happen. So it's not uh, every day you see a pattern like this with the larger cap stocks, but ALQ is definitely showing that right now. The next stock is Ardent Leisure, AL, um, ALG, uh, other than ALQ. I nearly got confused there. Um, with regards to ALG, obviously this is a turnaround story. And if you're going to play with the devil, you've got to get your fingers burnt sometimes. So just remember to always keep, um, trade this uh, stock with a bit of a grain of salt. They run the theme parks in the Gold Coast, of course, and I've held this from last week, so I've actually bought into this. It's a short-term trade. Why? Because basically there's a lot of resistance it's got to get through to get back to $4. Um, you know, there, there's, there's ceilings that's going to be belting its head against all the way there. And it's been tough. We know that. Uh, but domestic tourism is opening up again. We know the Gold Coast is going to be one of those hubs where those discounted tickets are going to be going through. Um, and yeah, look, you know, I think worthy at this point in time, it's worth a little bit of a punt. Um, it's, you know, if not, that 93 cents level, actually, if I just have a look here, is pretty significant, not just for the recent high in 2011, but if you pull this back all the way through to 1999, 2004, 2008, and twice, actually, uh, in 2011, um, and even that recent 2019, that's a really solid level. So if it can break that strongly, which it has today, it's currently at 96. If it can hold that, then the next target you'd be watching would be around $1.50. Um, given my entry at 85 cents, oh, sorry, given my entry, 85 cents is probably where I'm going to be proven wrong. Um, that's only my personal stop loss sort of provisions um, that I have there. But basically, if it breaks that, it could hit 79 in a breath, and then you'd have to be careful. Hence why it's a short-term trade only. Well, we saw the light there with Macro Capital. So go to macro.com.au, that's M-A-Q-R-O, to uh, learn more about their services and how they help investors every single day. All right, John, look, before you disappear, um, one thing I would love to get uh, from you is just a helicopter view in regards to sectors at the moment. Of course, we're reading a lot about sector rotations, although everyone seems to be getting muddled up if they're moving from high price to value to tech to cyclicals to commodities and all that sort of stuff. So putting aside all that jargon, right now, current state of play, what sort of sectors do you think have strong thematics and therefore investors should be looking for from a bottom-up perspective might be um, some value plays out there right now? Um, right now, the hottest sector is hydrogen. Um, clean tech is the way to be. Um, there's Hazard Group. That's a hydrogen company. That's a pure illicit play. Uh, as I flew here to Adelaide, there was um, a gentleman beside me who was looking into a, an upcoming hydrogen IPO. So it's those little things that tell you what's the hottest sector right now. Um, so I'd be moving towards clean energy right now. You know, clean energy is the way forward. You've got a US administration that's pro clean energy now. So that'll be quite beneficial towards the sector. Uh, and, you know, um, this game's all about buying the, um, you know, the flow of money. 
where is it flowing to? And right now it's flowing to that sector. So that's a place to be in right now. Yeah, and especially with the US saying they're wanting to shore up their supplies. And I think there's a document coming out in less than 100 days now where they're going to be focusing on things like hydrogen and all the other stuff like lithium and all that sort of thing. And you're right, there's been a lot of money um, plowing into that space. So uh, Hazar, uh, in case you're wondering, the stock that uh, John mentioned there, HZR is their company code, straight uh, through Europe, which is where you want to be if you're going to be playing this uh, green energy space because they're already um, decades ahead of everyone else. They yeah. saw the ball early and they ran there first. Well, that's all we have time for today. So on behalf of all of you, I want to thank John Athanasiu from Redleaf Securities for your time today. Thanks for your great insights and we uh, look forward to more of them in the not too distant future. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And next time we'll be at a nice restaurant in Richmond, hopefully. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Well, that's <laughs> the great thing about modern technology. We can stream from anywhere. But if you missed John until that day comes, redleafsecurities.com is the website where you can go. And like I said, he's got that great vlog there where you can learn a little bit about his companies. And then if you're interested, maybe even join aboard as a client. Now, tomorrow we've got my partner in Shine, Chris Batchelor, who will be joining us on the program, as well as David Hunt from the Profit Hunters Group. So if a question pops up to mind between now and then, then please send it through at question at spotty.com or you can text us 0480-079-089. Thanks again to our great sponsors at ShareWealth Systems. And remember to download that ebook, 16traits.com, uh, to learn more. And if you've got some time, go to Spotty's website to learn about our consulting services and how we help investors every single day. Until tomorrow, folks, I'm Elio D'Amato. You've been watching Spotty and together we've been shining the spotlight on shares. Take care. Stream Ticker News Live on the Ticker app, on your social media platforms or watch live and on demand at tickernews.co. News as it breaks and the stories shaping our lives on demand. Ticker, streaming news now.